Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. set what is going on everybody welcome into episode number 568 of underground sports philadelphia presented by the city of vineland it's kb it's matt coming at you from underground studios we got a lot to dive into tonight from the eagles the phillies whole lot more philadelphia union i know we mentioned uh the survivor cast last week we didn't get enough time to get into it but if we do this week we will certainly talk uh, about our new Survivor cast as well. But before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia as a whole and our entire podcast network. Uh, so go subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every show on our network, including Guzman's Gridiron, which is also premiering every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Uh, so definitely check that out. You get Eagles Enemies, which debuted today as we record this with good friend of the program, Arif Hassan. Plus, you get Top Bins with Matt and Dom. You get OTB with myself and DJ. Streamer season, Get in the Hole, F1 Underground. All the content is on our YouTube channel. Looking to get to 600 subscribers before the end of the month. We're at 549 as of this recording. So go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. And leave a comment down below with all your thoughts on the things Matt and I discuss on tonight's episode. Uh, but this show, presented by the City of Vineland and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar, features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for sponsoring this podcast and continuing to sponsor this podcast. We appreciate your support as always. What's going on, man? Living the dream. We, uh, we got Eagles on deck. Tomorrow night, Thursday night football, we got Phillies baseball uh, in a frustrating yet somehow positive series against the Braves uh, so far, looking to split the series tonight. A um, lot to, to dive into there. We'll start with the Eagles as Thursday night football is on the horizon. Uh, and it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. They're the best in the game. They are our exclusive merch partners, and you can get all your Eagles merch for your tailgates, going out to the bar, hanging out at home, watching the birds. You can get all your Underground Sports Philadelphia merch as well. Uh, we got some new merch in the works uh, for the fall that you're not going to want to miss out on. Uh, go to phiapparel.co so you can stand out in the crowd. And when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders, including our Philly Dog shirt, our logo shirts for all of our podcasts, and some of the coolest Eagles merch around, including Phillies as well, to gear up for Red October. Sixers, Flyers, Union, Philadelphia-centric merch. It's the best in the game. Uh, and use code UNDERGROUND when you go to check out to get 10% off your order. Eagles come off a 
struggle of a win against the Patriots, 25-20. Pat Pitts and I broke that down on Monday's episode. Uh, But, you know, it's week one, and I think what we learned last year as well as the Eagles struggled to come out with a win against the, the Detroit Lions, week one at this stage of NFL football is effectively preseason week four where all of your starters just play. Uh, the Eagles didn't have a single starter uh, of note play in the preseason. Uh, so this was their first time collectively playing together since the Super Bowl in a game setting. Um, two new coordinators, sloppy, rainy conditions on the road. I think you're happy coming out with any type of win uh, from there. And now you have a short week to kind of learn from the mistakes, fix some things, uh, try to stay as healthy as possible. And you have a Minnesota Vikings team coming in who are 0-1 uh, on Thursday night football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, like you said, if you look around the entire football league, I, I think it was a not great offensive week. It was one of the lowest scoring week ones in like 20 years. And part of that was weather. There was quite a few games that uh, had adverse weather conditions. And part of that is, like you said, a lot of teams now don't have a lot of their star players playing any preseason or very limited amounts of preseason. We've seen over the last few years the amount of practice and training camp time be uh, reduced as part of, like, uh, new CBA negotiations for players. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like this could be kind of a trend going forward with week one. But you've all, you, you saw teams that – are notorious for playing their starters, uh, look really hot, like the Los Angeles Rams, you know, our team that, and part of that is because they kind of had to, because of the the refresh that they did with that squad. But um, yeah, with, with all that said, I, I think it's it's a fine win. It's not one that you hang your hat on. I think there's maybe some areas of concern if you're the Eagles, but um, I think when you look around and look at what, how other teams that we expect to be top teams performed uh, over week one, I don't think you get too worried especially when you look at the AFC, all the top teams in the AFC essentially lost. Um, some like Chiefs, like you said, lost at home on opening night. Uh, you saw the Bengals look terrible in Cleveland. Uh, the Bills get stunned in New York. Uh, just a really bad Josh Allen game. Uh, if you look in the NFC, I mean... Hey, your Dolphins beat the Chargers. Of course. Well, the you know, golden boys of the AFC all that was, lost. That was expected. There was no surprise there. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers will... I already said that Brandon Staley, it's insane that he didn't get fired. I... I don't know how he makes it through a season in a, in a serious organization, but since it's an unserious team, he will be there uh, through the course of the year. But the NFC, I think, is is a little bit of a different story in that I think a lot of the top teams that yeah, you kind of projected at the beginning of the season are, are right there uh, with, with strong week ones. Um, I would actually say the Eagles probably the worst win out of like the top contenders. You know, Cowboys stunning performance against the Giants um 49ers that game is over after the first quarter the Lions go on the road in Kansas City and get a a big win my Packers Packers uh, my Packers with a great win over Chicago um Seahawks disappointing but I yeah I I think in general um like I said it's you look around and and there were a lot of teams that struggled um and and there are potential concerns with the Eagles but I think you get a good bounce back game against Minnesota um, this is going to be a high-scoring affair, I think, though. The Eagles picked up a few defensive injuries. Saw quite a few times Mac Jones being able to, especially over the middle. Um, that was an area that the Eagles didn't really address this summer, uh, sort of just let go by. And that's one that they've never really prioritized, similar to like, the running back position, right, where they're okay with sort of uh, just plugging gaps rather than finding like true difference makers in your linebacker safety area. Kobe Dean picks up an injury. Don't know how serious exactly that is just yet, but... Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a, a really good game. Uh, sucks to have to go, you know, such a quick turnaround. Um, but I, I think in some ways that, that might benefit the Eagles in that, um, you know, you, you get right back at it. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, you get that nice layoff at the beginning of the year, readjust, get everyone healthy, and see where it goes from there. Yeah, Nicobe Dean uh, is going to be out, I think, three to four weeks um, with the foot injury, but no surgery is needed. So that's a benefit there. Um, so hopefully, you know, he's able to rest up for the next month and, and come back uh, ready to play. I know the Eagles did sign Rashawn Davis to the practice squad, former first-round pick from Alabama, just continuing to add on to Howie Roseman, losing his Florida Gators alumni card. Um, but the injury report for Thursday's game is out. And like you said, Matt, some big names going to be out on Thursday 
uh, and one that's kind of a surprise that I think a lot of people thought he was going to be able to play through it. Uh, Reed Blankenship, rib injury, he's out uh, on Thursday. James Bradbury still in the concussion protocol. Um, so obviously with the quick turnaround, he is out. Kenneth Gainwell with a rib injury, he is out. And Fletcher Cox also with a rib injury, which is just very weird that the cousins on this team both have rib injuries. Uh, he is questionable for Thursday night. It seems like his is more of a pain tolerance uh, management situation than anything else. But Blankenship, Bradbury, Gainwell all out Thursday, as well as N'Kobe Dean being out. Um, Going to have to battle on the defensive side of things. Going to see a lot of Josh Job uh, on that outside corner position to fill in for Bradbury. Safety is going to be very interesting, especially when you're playing against, you know, a Justin Jefferson, playing against TJ Hawkinson, uh, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison. Like, the Vikings have weapons that this Eagles pass rush is going to be extremely pivotal in uh, in kind of scripting this game in a sense. Not that the NFL is scripted or anything, uh, wink, wink, but um, it's going to come down to the Eagles defensive front being able to create pressure, make Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. And Arif Hassan brought it up on Eagles Enemies this week, which you can go check out on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. Uh, the Vikings arguably have the worst starting left guard in football. Um, so if you can get, you know, Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, and, and the rest of those boys in the middle to to really make Kirk uncomfortable, you're, you're much better off than if you're only sending four every time and, and not blitzing as much as you possibly could. Yeah, Jalen Carter had a, a great debut in New England too. I think that that uh maybe didn't get as big of, of notice as, as it could have. Um Jordan Davis also looked good in that game too. I think that's that's a big component to all this. Um, you know, first round pick from last not this past draft, but last last draft. Uh, if he's able to make a jump this year and be um, you know, more regular even just starter for this team. You know, that was not really uh his role last season. You know, that that's a big boost. So there there's like I said, there, there's some things to be critical about, but I think largely speaking, uh, team looks good. New England is is a, is a very, very good defense. I think you're going to see a different story against Minnesota on Thursday. Uh, I think you'll be able to see this team. Tony Romo was saying on the broadcast that they were, uh, New England was running like, schemes he's never seen before, um, a mix between like zone and man pressure that he just like, he said, I've never seen it. Like, this is just new. <laughs> and um, I don't know, when Tony Romo, who's been around the NFL for like 20 years is saying something like that and I've heard that from other people too not even just on the broadcast that they were like doing a lot of really good disguising and I think that really challenged the Eagles and listen like the Patriots the only constant that they've had over the last few years is a very good defense and they do have a lot of talent on that end um, so I I don't get worried about uh, you know the the poor performance on offense I think you could maybe question like play calling because obviously you don't have Shane Steichen anymore and uh, Nick Sirianni it's always a challenge, I think, when a head coach is doing double duty. Um, I think there was there was a weird like uh, timeout that they had to burn uh, because of that, and you know those are the kind of mistakes that you see when you kind of have, uh, you know, again a head coach kind of calling defensive plays, calling offensive plays, um, where time management things like that can can kind of fall off a little bit. So um, expect that you know things will improve as the season goes on. Uh, still saw like big defensive plays. You know, this mm -hmm. team is definitely capable of doing that. They still have individual talent. Um, it's it's clearly going to take a step back from last year, but uh, you know, because last year was a historic pace, and again, everyone was healthy last year. You know, it's just not going to happen again. Um, and I, I think I saw everything that I kind of expected to see, which was seems still very good. They're not necessarily 14 win good, you know, uh, but they still could. But you mm -hmm. know, it seems is probably more on the 11 12 uh, scale, and they're going to have to to suffer through some injuries this year, which is something they didn't have to do, and that's fine. You know, I, I think you, you you make your peace with that, uh, as most NFL teams have to do. And I think one of the the big things you take away from this is you're very happy that you decided to resign Darius Slay. Yeah, he looks good. Um, you know, we we talked about guys at his age, along with Bradbury, that typically don't play full 17 games or we're going to see that from Bradbury although of course not you know a, a muscle issue or something right, right? like it's just uh, a, a fact of, of playing football is that you know concussions are reality but yeah it looked good uh looked electric on that on that return um and, yeah, and being able to make big plays like that you know you saw the Eagles go up I and I almost wonder too if like going up that early too kind of changes your mind about like 
you don't plan to have that mm-hmm. you know happen uh you know go what 16 nothing up so quickly um and, and i feel like now you have to kind of control the game um you know i, I think the struggle again there, there were struggles on the offense they, they, they were not efficient like we saw last year uh i thought again jalen seemed a little indecisive at times too which was a, a little frustrating to see i'd like to see him be a little more just assertive i think again you have to wrap this all up in the fact though that this team uh has two coordinators uh new coordinators on, on both sides of the ball uh like you said didn't get uh preseason reps together obviously you have training camp and all that but there's just a massive difference when you get uh into game in, into game time and you have a great opportunity at home i have a feeling i don't know that the atmosphere is going to be electric <laughs> on a, on a thursday night um minnesota has traditionally walked into the link and gotten hosed um and I'm not going to say I expect that again, but I, I think I think it's going to be a competitive game. Minnesota has a tendency to kind of hang around. Uh, and one of the good and bad qualities that they have is they play to their level of competition. Um, they're, they're just one of those kinds of teams. It's why you saw them in so many close games last year, because I think they had a, a pretty challenging schedule when you look back on it. Um, they have a tendency to kind of hang around. And you highlighted the offensive weapons they have. There's some deficiencies and injuries on, on the Eagles' defensive uh, end that could make this game either like a high 20s, even low 30s uh, potential uh, shootout. Yeah, it's going to be quite the game, and Arif and I talked about it this week. feels like one big thing in this game could really be the the match that lights up an Eagles-Vikings like true rivalry like it has all the inner makings of it even dating back to like when we were super young like Randall Cunningham going to the Vikings um and then everything that has meticulated since you know 2018 obviously Donovan goes there but you know since the NFC championship game forward it feels like there's been like the groundwork is there and it just needs that one you know piece of of dynamite to let it explode um which would be very fun. I think interdivisional rivalries and interconference rivalries are, are fun in the NFL, and we need more of it. Um, it's always surprised me why the Eagles and Steelers aren't more rivals than what they should be, being interstate, because um, we see that obviously in hockey with the Flyers and the Penguins. And, you know, I, I think the NFL kind of needs more of that, and you see it with certain instances, but um, I, I think it would be very fun if the Eagles and Vikings. We're able to kind of have something happen where it truly does, you know, kick off a, a fun interdivisional rivalry in the NFC. It does remind me a, a little bit of like I can always remember like the it, it's different because obviously Sixers and Celtics have much more of a history and are actually within division and much more storied, you know, uh, kind of uh, franchises. But there's that rivalry, but it is one sided and that. The Celtics, I just have a tendency mm-hmm. to just beat the Sixers' ass all the time. It's kind of the same way with the Vikings, and that I think there's this, uh, there's a, there's a little bit of an edge to it, but yet it has been in recent history, especially the, the last few years, uh, very one sided and not really been uh, anything different. And yeah, I, I see it kind of the same way. Um, like I said, I, I watched the Netflix uh, quarterback show. I actually <laughs> I grew to appreciate Kirk Cousins a little bit and like him. I, it's totally changed my perspective of him, on him. And I, when I was watching games on Sunday, I started. I felt kind of bad that he got like laid out really uh, terribly on a play. And I was like, man, I <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him now. You know, like I, <laughs> I feel I feel a little different about him. Um, yeah, I mean, very excited for uh, for Thursday night, and I do think it is kind of an advantage in a sense to have the short week this early in the year and then you have like a mini bye week early in the season coupled with it being you know going into Monday night football instead of having the short week late in the year um where you know more unfortunate injuries could be occurring later in the season as you get more mileage on your body as the season continues you're playing more I think this is kind of an advantage that you know week two is your Thursday night game. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, you know, it gives you that, uh, it's not quite a bye week, but it gives you that, that extra time to, like I said, rest and you can use it as a mini bye week, make any kind of adjustments that you see. And yeah, I, I do think there, there's some, 
some positives and some negatives. I think I would prefer a short week in week two rather than like week eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, you know if you're looking at it that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think listen, looking around uh, the NFL, it, like I said, you know, especially in the NFC, you've seen what the the division is largely going to look like, and you know, uh, kind of the business that you're going to have to take care of. I think we knew that before the season, but you know, after even one week, you kind of have an idea that you're going to need to to beat the Cowboys probably to win the division and. One of these two teams is probably going to win, you know, from 10 to 13 games. But both of these, I should say, both these teams are going to win from 10 to 13 games. So only one of them is going to be hosting a home playoff game. You know, like one of them is going to have to go on the road on a tough matchup. You know, and I think that that matters a lot. And, uh, you know, I think you look back to last season, that might be the difference between maybe the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl rather than, the, you know, like it's just that's that's just the difference. Um, and, 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 and it is meaningful. So. Um, we'll see where it, uh, it goes from there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of your Packers, they won't be getting a first-round pick, though. Uh, I mean, talk about all-time just, number one, most New York <laughs> sports moment ever. Uh, because New York sports, in general, have this like, air about them, which is solely the Yankees and two, f- like, just unreal giant runs. Like, outside of that, like, New York has never in my lifetime been – in fact, like, I would say more often than not, New York sports have been terrible in my lifetime, mm-hmm. again, outside of the Yankees. Like, Yankees have been the only thing. and even, The Giants, they're only, like, two good years just having all some super. <laughs> and even but, then, we're, we're coming in on, what, over almost a, 15 years yeah, since the Yankees well have won a World Series, and you yeah. take that out of the equation. I mean, the, the Giants are, like, the Marlins of yeah. the NFL. And that, like, they had, like, they've had two good years, and they just were also Super Bowl years. Like, I, outside of that, it's been bad, uh, you know. And, and they weren't even great regular season years. They no. were the sixth seed and the five seed, I think. Like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, it's unbelievable. You know, four plays in, Aaron Rodgers done for the season. That's, uh, that's crazy. And it, it definitely, um, definitely changes things in the AFC a little bit because I think, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he's at least – at least competent, you're probably getting to like nine, ten wins with him. With Zach Wilson, probably similar to last year, where you're looking around seven. You know, like it just completely, completely alters uh, the course of that season. Completely alters the next few years of Jets football too, because you know you are already sort of betting and then pushing all in to try and uh, you know win now with with Aaron Rodgers. But now you have a recovering 39 going on 40 year old uh, from. A not easy injury to come back from. I know that we've seen players come back from Achilles injuries the last few years, but still, and and age will also play a part in that. Um, you're not bad. Like this team is still good. Like as a good roster, they're not going to be bad enough that they can tank and you know try and even trade up and and get one of the quarterbacks in this chart. Like I don't know where they go from here, but uh, it certainly <laughs> it was a a why. And then they end up winning the game. That's <laughs> I did see. You know the the history buff that you are um i did see a very funny graphic it was uh aaron Rodgers next to abraham lincoln and a four greater than one and underneath it said plays before tragedy <laughs> well i mean it's just i i i just it's still kind of a, in like disbelief it just ha- it, it happens so fast and it just i i remember too like um you know, they have like the Twitter doctors, and mm-hmm. they're like someone mentioned, and I, I I always love this because the 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 doctors watching the game, like yeah, they're they're not there, right, and they can't obviously examine the person, but they've they're doctors, like they've seen these injuries, they're sports, like they've seen this, and um, I I don't remember which one, but tweeted like could be a uh, an ankle or a Liz Frank injury, but also like worryingly could be an Achilles because it was the same uh like movement that J.K. Dobbins uh who also like really tragically tore his Achilles uh, but it was the same you know, kind of function that uh that that injury was and that was like the big concern people were like this is fucking stupid how could a doc and then turns out there was like, also that tweet too from uh like a parody like David Zaslav account that said uh two and a half hours until Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles on a rain-soaked MetLife turf and then like 24 hours later that account was suspended by Twitter <laughs> What did he know? What did he know? It was uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, strange brother. Yeah. <laughs> I the only thing I hate about it is it's like brought up the uh, 
the turf first grass uh debate which yeah. is just the most exhausting debate i agree like turf sucks um <clears throat> but it's never going to change because owners are cheap it's not even just that the same people that first of all they don't actually care about player health mm-hmm. but like to weaponize player health and like discussion be like well we care about player health would also be the same people that would complain that nfl stadiums would then sit quiet outside of eight games a year because the whole, almost the entire purpose of turf is that it allows you to host multiple events in a week, be able to host a concert on a Friday and still have an NFL game on a Sunday. Like it's just, that is the benefit is that, you know, then these teams are able to, uh, and listen, I'm not in favor of get owners getting more, but that is, you know, that's the, the reality of it. Um, does it suck? Yeah. Is it going to change? Probably not. And I, you know, that the, I I also don't know that the turf is the reason he got injured on that play. Right. I think it's just shit happens. Like you, you're you're old and weird things happen to your body. I I don't know. That was not one of those injuries that I thought of that the, the turf. That I've like a four hundred pound guy coming down on you. In Leonard Floyd's not four hundred. Well, Come on, you you're know, doing Leonard with Floyd the, dirty <laughs> with the force and everything yeah, coming yeah. down on him. Like he's got exponential weight coming down on him in an awkward position on a field that already had a game played on it wet the night before yeah there's a lot of factors that go into that and i think damn near any play that aaron Rodgers' leg is extended like that that injury is more than likely going to happen especially if you watch the the zapruder film video of it and you just see it pluck like an absolute guitar string that thing was hanging on for dear life that's brutal to watch um it's interesting too because i mean the entire offseason and even if you watch Hard Knocks, like the the tagline about the Jets was like this all, terrible offensive line, and that they oh, I thought it was ski <laughs> <laughs> that they um, you know couldn't couldn't get good protection and they couldn't depend on a lot of guys like so much so that and they even kept this in like one of the Hard Knocks cuts like uh, Robert Sala was just like obviously the offensive line sucks. He's like telling this to everyone in their face like you guys need to come here and like work and like pretend like you want to like work our in. You know, that ends up being uh, the Achilles heel of this team, honestly. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And then uh, apparently some report came out that Aaron Rodgers was not happy with some of the play calls that were being made because there was too many cut blocks from the offensive line. Yeah. And the injury happened on a play where there were cut blocks. And, um, I mean, Aaron got to go on another mini darkness retreat in the injury tent. I, I've just I, I've never seen anything like this uh, in my lifetime there was so much hype going into this this game and this season, and it just to be over so quick, was just stunning. I, 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 it, it's almost like a UFC or like boxing fight where mm-hmm. it's like one of those big hyped ones, and then it, like twenty seconds. First you know, round knockout. Yeah, like it's just a, there was so much buildup, and for it to be over so quick is just kind of shocking, and uh, in a way that I you just don't see very often. And now we're all just waiting for. Carson Wentz to disturb Thursday Night Football and sign with the Jets to back up the MILF Hunter. That would be all-time all worst quarterback room vibes if you have Zach Wilson and Carson Wentz in the room together. I'm starting to get a little wor- worried about Carson Wentz. And listen, like, if you want to hunt, fine. The dude, I think, likes killing things a little too much. Did you not see him pose uh, in the camo when they caught uh, Danilo today? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm surprised he didn't. I'll answer the call anytime. <laughs> it's just listen, you know. Like, again, if, if you want to hunt, whatever, you know, like that's your that's your deal. But uh, I think the guy takes a little too much pleasure out of killing things. I don't know. Like it's, it, I they're starting a little strange. That's all. I think he's only signing with the Jets too if he can come to an agreement where his uniform only has the right wing of the jet on his jersey and helmet. Yeah, I. I gotta tell you, I I would. Part of me would really love to see a Carson once uh, led New York Jets. But. We need to add more uniform and jersey and equipment to uh, that photo that he posted. Yeah, I don't know what the jet. I guess maybe he'd steal one of Zach Wilson's uh, headbands. <laughs> maybe that's what he would do. That's what he'd start rocking. It would probably cover up that massive forehead that Carson <laughs> once has. Yeah, I don't know what the Jets do. I wonder. Like I know Robert Sala said they're gonna stick with. Zach Wilson for the no, they're not. Come on, there's 
They treat. Listen, I watched the Hard Knocks, and again, this is stuff that the team and everyone gets to see and like decide what makes it in. And they were still treating him like a Make Wish kid that entire entire <laughs> preseason. But yeah, get out there, bud. Have fun. Hey, man, just you know, have fun. Do your best. Like, listen, just don't don't be weird. All right, just don't be weird about it. That's what they were telling him the whole preseason. I was like, oh, we gotta we gotta get this uh, gotta get this guy actually winning games now that's unbelievable he was terrible in that game he got totally totally bailed out by the fact Uh that they they fluked their way into that win it's tough um eagles thursday night football though is gonna be uh exciting if you're going to the link tweet us uh photos tag us on instagram we'll repost them we want to see uh everybody down at the link for opening night Uh, did you see she aaron Rodgers uh comments for the first time since his injury oh boy it's uh, it's pretty cliche. I gotta say, it's a little, it's a little derivative. I kind of expected a little bit more from him. Um, he, uh, <laughs> first of all, he's almost forty, and he's using that one like emoji that's like the sweet face with the tears coming up in it. I'm not trying to be like one of those like it's alpha male State broadcast bros, but it's like it's just a bizarre choice. I just can't. <laughs> I, part of me can't reconcile Aaron Rodgers using that emoji. Um, it's a picture of him holding the American flag. Uh, running out from the tunnel like he did. Um, to which every Jets fan was like, oh, we're winning the Super Bowl now. I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, from a vibe standpoint, I got it. You know, like, I, yeah. Anniversary of 9-11 and Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't believe in 9-11, uh, running out with an American flag. Um, Wait till Joe Rogan sees this. It it was... Okay, so the, the final quote is just very cliche. Uh, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. <laughs> I mean, that's got to suck, I, you know, like on, on, on his level. Because he, he did legitimately seem happy as a Jet. But if, if you're a New York Jet player or fan, you get you don't get to enjoy happiness. Hey, he can go on unlimited ayahuasca trips, though. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll finally get to the bottom of 9-11, like he was talking about with uh, Deshaun Kaiser. His first question to him was, uh, you believe in 9-11? And he was like, yeah. He's like, you should look into that. So, good grief. Something else. Uh, let's shift to uh, the baseball diamond where the fight and Phil's getting ready for final game of a four game set against the Atlanta Braves. It's brought to you by our pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to tomahawkshades.com or download the app in the App Store, Google Play. And if you download the app, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses just for downloading it. They come at a fraction of the cost of the big eyewear companies. Uh, So go to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, go in the app, fill up your cart with blue light glasses, sunglasses, prescription lenses. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order from our pals over at Tomahawk Shades. That's TomahawkShades.com or in the app, promo code USP for 25% off your order. Matt, Phil's uh, dropped two winnable games in this four-game set so far, both in extra innings, both coming after heroic game-tying home runs by Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, respectively. Um, They salvage part of this series so far uh, in the second part of the doubleheader. Um, But oddly enough, I think this series has shown that the Braves are a little more mortal than I think everybody expected them to be. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've hung with these Braves pretty well. This is one of the best offensive teams ever. <laughs> like they're just unbelievable. And uh, Phillies have played. Phillies have, you know, just over the last few years even, talked about, you know, been a, a pretty good opponent for the Braves. It hasn't been a totally one-sided uh, series for the most part. So if, if you look at it that sense, it's good. I, I think you can take away some positive aspects that this team continually in late innings hits well. And that, to me, like bodes well for the playoffs because talked about for as statistically, quote-unquote, solved as baseball is, there are still intangibles and things you can't account for, um, like David Freeze. And, you know, like this Phillies team has some of that magic we saw last postseason. They have that ability, whatever it is, called the dog factor. Uh, but they have that ability to, to tap into that and come up with big moments late in games. 
hasn't panned out over the last few weeks. Even in the, in the Marlins series, you had the same thing. Um, even going back to the Giants series, the Angels series, like you've had, especially Bryce Harper making like big home runs, has not turned out ultimately the way you wanted to. But the fact that we're there still, you know, uh, is I'm going to take as, as a good thing, you know, from from the optimistic point of view. Yeah, it shows that you can get after their bullpen. And I loved everyone last night saying that Rysel Iglesias is the new Jonathan Broxton because we can just rock him late in games uh, for whatever reason. Um, but I mean, you know, if it comes down to it and it's Phillies Braves in the NLDS again, I'm going to feel like pretty decent about the Phillies being able to hang with the Braves and potentially do what they did last year and, and pull the ultimate upset uh, over the, the darling team this year that everybody is just already touting the World Series championship to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, listen, I, I don't think there's any perfect team in baseball this year, and even the, the, the great teams in our lifetimes have had weaknesses. Even, even last season, you know, the, those uh, Braves and Dodgers teams – clearly very good in the regular season but even when you're great you can lose in the playoffs I think there's still questions about Braves starting lineup you know like Strider's not been great you know he's had a uh, kind of an up and down season and I that bullpen is not as dominant as I used to view it for sure I think the Dodgers are the same way you know um, ironically I think the team with maybe outside of the Phillies that has the some of the best pitching is like the Brewers, and I would hate that guy. I really would not love uh, that. Actually, I think that's actually my least wild card matchup. <laughs> Potentially, you know, is, is if the Brewers. Uh, uh, see, I think I, I think at this point, I'd probably rather play the Cubs um, in that series. The Brewers uh, starting pitching, especially in in a, like a three game wild card series, don't love it. But you know, I I, I think there's weaknesses everywhere. I I I, I would not say Atlanta. He's definitively going through. Now, again, like I said, they're one of the best offensive teams I have seen. Um, they, they can grind people through. But, listen, when you get to the playoffs, like, anything can happen. You only need to lose four games, you know, for it to all just be over. And, I mean, uh, Sesame's Family Barbecue, they were at Citizens Bank Park last night, and they tweeted two very hilarious uh, pro Phillies tweets that uh, – the first one was the Phillies' chaotic energy is the perfect foil to the Braves' ruthless juggernaut, uh, which is 100% accurate. And then they said, Phillies' Braves' NLDS is going to be a four loco IV drip. <laughs> I don't know that I could. It was already hard enough playing the Braves last year. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I could do that again. I, I'm not sure. I'm... It's going to be an absolute war if yeah. that is the case, especially with their well-actually fan base. Uh some positives, though, from today's uh, action that's already happened. The Rockies doing the unthinkable against the Cubs, just absolutely taking it to them. They win again today, 7-3. Uh, and coming up this weekend, Matt, we, we have Diamondbacks-Cubs, where the Diamondbacks need to win one game uh, against the Chicago Cubs to gain the tiebreaker over them, to which could treat us to of Phillies Diamondbacks and a wild card series, which is fascinating. Would love to, uh, would love to see. That was a that was a fun series uh, earlier in the year when we played them. I remember that being a little bit of chaos, pretty high scoring. Um, yeah, it's a uh, that's uh, that's the only frustrating thing about you know the reality of losing and dropping some of these games. Is you haven't been able to really shore up your position uh, at the, the the top of the wild card because you have had an opportunity to extend that lead a little bit. That said, there's 17, 18 games left in the season. Mm -hmm. You know, like Phillies are making the playoffs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna whisper, but it, it is just about position now. Um, and you wanted to be at the top wild card. Yeah, I, I, I would. Last year, like we were in it for the first time in a long time, and it's like, however I get there, I get there. Yes. You know, if we have to go to St. Louis, fine, and we did, and it, and it worked out, but. I would truly prefer to not have to go on the road again and win a series. I, I would yeah. much rather, especially with how this team is played at home. I think the energy we saw definitely that influence and be a part of uh, the playoff run last year, um, playing in Philadelphia, and I think that would be a big thing. And I think that the biggest storyline over the last few weeks too is that Trey Turner has just been reclaimed and retouched by God, and it's just <laughs> unbelievable. He's one of the best baseball players I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, we have we have never seen what ovation strength multiplied by dad strength has done for a human until now. Yeah, the compounding factors there are just unbelievable. It's off the charts. I mean, it is truly. I know that they like they were relitigating the uh, the biogenesis scandal. I saw that on ESPN today. Um, that does not even hold a candle to what we've been cooking with the uh, the pity ovation and uh, dad strength. That is that's something that's something else entirely. I have to find uh, the tweet because Sarah Langs, who does a phenomenal job uh, covering Major League Baseball, if you're not following her, you're doing baseball uh, following on Twitter incorrect. Listen to these stats, man. Trey Turner is the second shortstop with 11-plus home runs in a 13-game span, joining 2010 Troy Tulowitzki. Holy shit, Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> That's just not a name that I've thought of in uh, – a while and then trey turner he's the third phillies player with 11 plus home runs in a single season 13 game span joining 2006 ryan howard and 1976 michael jack schmidt it's pretty good company to be. <laughs> i can't wait for trey turner's wall of fame somebody. i mean carries on like that sure i'll uh i'll chisel it myself i don't care um yeah, he's he's been great. It's definitely been a revelation, and this is more the Trey Turner that you know we we expected to get, and uh, that's a good sign. You know, as we roll to the playoffs, if if he's back to um, a really good level, and listen, I, I I think this team they have what it takes. We've we've seen that. It's sort of just starting to like buckle in now and 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 get prepared for that. Um, but they still have some tough series ahead of them, and it, it it'd be nice to to again create yourself a little bit of buffer i think they said they're going to cut down the rotation to, to five um uh, after this series so it's going to be interesting to see what they do there because I, I think there's some some decisions to make as to who's uh who's going to be starting i did find it very strange rob thompson uh in his radio interview that he does uh on the wip morning show said what the playoff rotation would be already which is kind of strange to me that you'd want to put that info out there with you know three weeks left to go uh but Jonathan he did say, is like, this dude is stupid and, <laughs> and i got criticized uh he did say it would be zach wheeler um aaron nola ranger suarez taiwan walker which is not surprising i, I think if you uh pick ash most fans that, that'd probably be their, their top four lorenzen you know we'll see what they do with him for the rest of the season you know, if he uh, continues to start, if he works in relief, you know, like but it, it's they do need to figure something out with the bullpen because yeah, that has been an issue all month and late August where something is just not clicking out there right now outside of a few guys. Yeah, and I that's definitely a challenge. Um, I will say I, I was. Um, listening to Matt Gell, but he was talking about uh, last year going to the playoffs. It was the same concerns, though. And mm -hmm. then it just clicked. You know, it just did. And listen, there's no guarantee that that happens again. But, um, you know, there were similar concerns uh, about guys uh, going to the playoffs last year. And I should think the Phillies are in a stronger position. I think that the bullpen is, has largely been spared from a lot of work. I think this could just be a blip. Um, I'm not too worried about fatigue. And even then, you know, in a wild card series, hopefully – only need three to five you know you're you're not you're, de you're depending on your best quality there mm -hmm. and uh, you're not having to, to dig too deep and I think that could the Phillies are just a, a team that I think are like I said last year I could believe more that they could win the World Series than they could make the playoffs just uh, because of the the top end talent they have in the playoffs like that's what matters you see it time time again across all sports is um, depth is important to, to getting you there but um, if you don't have like positional and player matchup advantages uh, in any sport, and that means having the best players in in the, the key positions, you know your your odds of of having real success in the playoffs go down dramatically. So the Phillies do have that though; they have a, a lot of plus advantages, or at the very least, you know, it'd be grayed out in a in a player matchup uh, like comparison tool. Um, and I I think that's that's one of their strong suits, and that's why I think. I don't think there's a single team that wants to play the Phillies no. in, in the wild card. You know, there's always, like, 
there's always seen like I just said with the Brewers, right? Like I really would not love a Brewer series. I I don't think there's a single team that is like I would take the Phillies. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I I I really think most teams would, would like to avoid us and would probably like their chances. I think if you're the Dodgers or Braves, you don't want the Phillies. Honestly, like the the Phillies, they did last year to the mm-hmm. Braves. They could do it to the Braves again this year. They could do it to the Dodgers again, uh, like we did for so many years. Like I don't know, you know, like it, they're not they are not a team that I would take any pleasure in facing. They remind honestly, they remind me a lot of the teams that the Phillies had to get through so yes. often with the Cardinals and the Giants. Like they have that similar, and again, it's it's indescribable, but they have that just like. The, like fucky kind of DNA, like mm-hmm. they just like they just have this like stickiness. That's the one collective brain cell. Honestly, they stick around in games when they have no right to, and <clears throat> they get hot very quickly. They have the ability to turn innings into seven run innings, and we've seen them as games go on. Like this team hits very well into seventh, eighth, nine innings, and they've had a lot of comebacks. They've been in tight games. They've won tight games. Like they just have that edge that mm-hmm. I think is. A scary component if you're like a, a top team. Before we get to uh, run differentials, I don't know if you saw, there was a part two of uh, our favorite four-year-old Phillies fan on TikTok. Uh, I'm this kid's biggest oh, fan. Oh, man. <laughs> She was on uh, Fox 29 this week as well. <laughs> they interviewed her and they were like, were those your eyes on the TikTok? And she was like, uh-huh. It's about what I would expect <laughs> from a four-year-old. Um, but let's get to the uh, NL East and MLB run differentials. Brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood Beer. The official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the all-new and improved Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenny's on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and soon-to-be Maryland areas. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, the Atlanta Braves met. They are 95-50 and 50 and currently winning 4-1 to one over the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, they have scored 848 runs this season. I'm truly at the point of who's going to do more. Is it going to be the Braves scoring more runs or the Rockies surrendering more? Uh, But the Braves have a plus 239 run differential. The Phillies at 79 and 66 have scored 713 runs. They have a plus 70 run differential. The 74 and 71 Miami Marlins have scored just 589 runs this year, the lowest in the division. They have a negative 60 run differential. The New York Mets at 66 and 78. You love to see it. Uh, They've scored 628 runs and have a negative 35 run differential. And then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, who uh, just deferred Steven Strasburg's retirement and extended their GM all within a week span. Uh, they are 65 and 80 on the season, have scored 625 runs and have a negative 129 run differential. Colorado Rockies though, Matt, they've given up 857 runs as we are still on Rockies 1k. I don't, I don't think they have the juice. They'd have to give up, what, they got to make up like 150 runs and they probably have what, 17 games left. So it's... What that's, total? It's like seven, eight runs a game. 143 runs. They'd have to give up the rest of the season. Don't see it happening, unfortunately. Would be nice. Yeah, be the first time since 1999 when <laughs> the Rockies did it themselves. 
We haven't had a post Y2K 1000 run surrendered. Um, in the modern era, it's just been the 1996 Detroit Tigers and the 1999 Colorado Rockies. I think we have to pretend to be Rockies fans a few more times this season, so I, I can't really... I can't they helped that. us out against the Cubs, that's for sure. Yeah, they still have a three-game series against the Cubs. Can't get there, Chief. Sorry. Sorry. Unless you get there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, But it's the... Uh, no. No? It's September 22nd to the 24th, that series. So still too far away to have it locked up i can't can't be having that they've given they have they a, can put the giants out of their uh their misery that would be really funny that'd be hilarious uh rockies have given up the worst uh run differential in the national league at negative 217 oakland has somehow scraped their way out of the negative 300 zone uh but they've given up 295 more runs than they've scored they have only scored 537 runs this season, by far the lowest in baseball, uh, and have a negative 295 run differential. The uh, Kansas City Royals, first team to 100 losses on the season. Uh, Good news is it's cheap season. The Royals have a worse record at this point of recording than the Oakland A's. At least it's cheap season. At least, well, hopefully well. none of that Royals energy is rubbed off on. <laughs> uh, and then the the New York Yankees. It's just fun to see everything that happens with them. Like they can, they truly can't catch a break. Jason Dominguez UCL injury now. They call him up. He's supposed to be the next phenom, and he's done after a week. Tough. Uh, to they have a negative fifteen run differential and are pretty much out of the entire playoff picture. Um, Tampa Bay Rays plus 198 run differential Texas Rangers who were out of it for a hot minute but they're back in the playoff hunt uh, they have a plus 151 run differential so there you have it your uh, NL East and Major League Baseball run differentials brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood Beer last bit here it's just been too funny to, to track and everything obviously a serious situation um but the the Danilo Cavalcante thing has just been unbelievable. Uh, them like <laughs> taking pictures with him like a prize fish at the end of a marina is just. It, it looked like they were posing for a yearbook photo. It's just unbelievable. Like brother, you had like first of all, the police budgets in this country are insane. They have the they get the money that a GDP of a small country generates. And they could not find one man running around the woods. He was like 20 miles away. To be fair, he was wearing an Eagles hoodie and he's in Philadelphia. So that is easy camouflage. He wasn't even in Philadelphia. He was just, was it Bucks County? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? Pat yourselves on the back. Unbelievable. Made him look like idiots for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks is an insane amount of time. He allegedly broke into somebody's house and stole a rifle. Which is also hilarious. Hilarious. Because you just know that that person has, like, pro- like I just know. I don't even have to see a picture of the house, the back of their truck, to know that this person is, like, taking so much pride in that, like, we don't call 911, we have guns. And then you had your one opportunity to make good on your, like, promise to defend your castle. And you fucking failed to some <laughs> loser who hadn't eaten in a week and a half. Unbelievable. You, you were the equivalent of someone walking up to the mobile order stations at, like, restaurants that they have now and just stealing someone's, like, DoorDash order. Like, you were that guy's just pit stop. You were absolutely waxed. Unbelievable. Wearing, wearing a stolen Eagles hoodie, to which uh, Josh Shapiro said that uh, if somebody's Eagles hoodie went missing, he is going to do his best to get you a new Kelly Green one. Um I don't know if you – one of the most hilarious questions I've ever seen asked in a police briefing today. Um, someone asked if they could have uh, been in a giant trench coat stacked on top of one another. And the cop was like, no. Well, I think – listen, we have the right to have that question answered. So, You ever watch Scooby-Doo? Superhero? Yeah, I've seen it. Dog talks? Um just unbelievable and the fact that they they posed for that photo as well and none of those cops even caught him it was the dog 
the police yeah, dog. That's that's the funniest thing about all this is they they actually did nothing. Nothing. Like the cops, I can't stress enough. The cops don't even train the dog. Like someone else is doing that. Like that's what's just funny cosplaying about all like this. they were in the the Iraq War. I know they're acting like they captured captured Saddam. Like I saw less fanfare for the capture of Saddam Hussein than I saw for this man. It's just it's hilarious. They all had the John Kerry video in their head ladies and gentlemen we got them and they think they're the ones bashing through with the battering rams into the house absolutely it's fantastic hilarious part is the the uh the canine's name was yoda so i'm fully convinced he just used the force to to hunt him down um just a wild situation glad that nobody was hurt because obviously the dude is a convicted murderer um but I mean, who's say he's not going to escape again? Um, I think that I think they're going to do their due diligence here and make sure he. Uh, I I think it's very comical the way that he did break out of prison. Um, I've just I've never seen something like that in my life. Uh, <laughs> kind of unbelievable. The fact that we had like Twitter live streams going on of trying to find this guy for two weeks. Just a failure. They they were this close to calling Dog the Bounty Hunter out of retirement. What I heard that he was he was he ready was to go. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he think would have been so different. If they had called him. Definitely would have been better. That's what that. That's what that operation needed was a reality <laughs> TV star. Exactly. Who's been decades in retirement? Yeah. Just great, great stuff. Unbelievable. All the way around. <laughs> um, Matt, I think by the time we record next week, um. A new partner of ours is uh, coming through with a big promise. Uh, our pals over at FOCO are sending me the Phillies overalls, to which I made a deal that if they sent me the overalls, I would wear them on every live episode for the rest of the season. Fair deal. So we've got that. And linked in the description is a link for you to purchase your own Phillies overalls. They have the pinstripes, they have red, and they have the powder blue throwbacks. Uh, Plus, they have a whole bunch of other awesome uh, Philadelphia sports memorabilia and other team memorabilia that you can purchase. Uh, Use our link in the description, though, when you go to get them. Um, Really helps support us, and we're happy to have FOCO on board with Underground Sports Philadelphia. A lot of cool stuff. We'll be working with them to do some really cool things during Eagle season. Phillies playoffs and and throughout the the year as well uh, coming up. So shout out to Foco for uh, getting down with us. Looking forward to uh, a very fun partnership with them uh, going into the postseason with the Phils and going into uh, a fun Eagle season that we think is on the horizon. That's all we got for you guys on this one. Uh, next week we will fully dive into uh, Survivor as is on the horizon. Uh, very excited for that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of have a hunch of picking successful players on this show. So no winners, but no winners uh, come close. Yeah. Late, late field players. We we've made the merge. We're looking to keep that streak alive. Um, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia as a whole. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get live streams, clips, all of our podcasts in video form, any video content, it's going on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe over there. Looking to get to 600 subscribers before the end of September. Uh, So go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend. And, uh, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Finally, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. 
and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And be sure to get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. This has been episode number 568 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Go Birds, enjoy Thursday night football, and we will see you guys next time. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for-